Welcome, friend. It's time to hit pause on your busy day and enjoy the Sweet Sila Moments podcast. Let's ponder God's Word together and find the encouragement we need to work well and rest well. The Sweet Sila Moments podcast is brought to you by Word Radio and Sweet Sila Ministries. Welcome to episode 19 of the Sweet Sela Moments podcast. Today's episode is called, Just Who Am I Trying to Please? It's an intriguing title and it makes us all wince a little, Sharon. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll start us out and I'll tell you a story of when I was a people pleaser. Um, So about nine years ago when Pinterest came out, just about the same time as my firstborn, Um, arrived, I got it in my head that I had to make these birthday parties a big to-do. Oh boy. Yes. So (laughs) weeks of prep and searching for all these party theme things. Her first birthday party was safari theme. And I spent, oh yes, a (laughs) week, a solid week just on the party favors, making these layered colored chocolate pops on a stick. I mean, ridiculous. Um, I invited 50 people to her first birthday party, all of our family and friends and, you know, neighbors. She doesn't remember a thing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. And I was exhausted. It wasn't something that I I was enjoying. I felt like Uh I had to do it. Uh So I was definitely trying to please the parents, I believe, or impress them because kids don't care. They want cake and they want to (laughs) play. That's all. And usually with the packages, the wrapping, the the box, and not not the the present. So now I keep it a lot more simple. We do cupcakes. I make these fun themed cupcakes for them, which I actually enjoy. Uh And they do it with me. And then we just play outside. And And they they love it. And it's all happy. It's wonderful. I I don't stress. I don't stay up all night. Yes, Pinterest. (laughs) Oh, Pinterest. (laughs) That is so funny. Oh, my goodness. Well, you can at least show your daughter the pictures and say, this is what your crazy mother did for you. I I don't recommend it. (laughs) Don't do this. Cupcakes. Uh, Okay, Sharon. How are you at people pleasing? Is this a hard area for you? It surely (laughs) is. I wonder if it's firstbornness. We're both firstborns. I think it might be. Whatever. (laughs) I I always want to get the A with everybody. Yeah. You know, I really do. And I can remember in the early years of our marriage, I was a full-time Christian school teacher, which Mm. is busy. And uh, I had seven lesson preps, which is insane. Ray keeps saying to me, because he teaches Christian school, how did you do seven (laughs) lesson preps? I'm like, I don't know. I just... Had to do it. Do it, yeah. But then, of course, if somebody at church was sick, I wanted to bring the casserole. Mm. And then Ray was in the military, so there were officers' wives functions that I felt like I should go to. And I was stressed, you Mm -hmm. know, just about constantly. So Ray sat me down one day and gave me the five-pound bag lecture. Oh. I know. <laughs> Who knew? This is a Ray. I don't know if it was original with Ray. I always associate it with him. Perhaps yeah. he learned it from someone else. But anyways, <laughs> he said, Sharon, you have so many hours in your day. Mm. Consider it a five-pound bag. That's what you've got to expend. He said, you really should only fill that bag to three and a half to four pounds because unexpected things happen. Somebody gets sick and you need to watch oh, their wow. child or la-da-da-da-da. Yeah. He said, you are cramming seven pounds into your five pound bag. And then you look at me and say, why is life so hard? (laughs) He said, it's your bag, Sharon. It's your bag. (laughs) So (laughs) he's a wise man. He's a wise man. So he'll still say that once in a while. He'll say, I'm not telling you what to take out of that bag, but check your bag. It's kind of too full, honey. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Isn't it? It's such a nice visual. And I I do that. I'm like, okay, the bag's full. Ah, 
let's push it down and push oh, yes. some more in. And what happens then is the emergencies. We don't it allow for the emergencies. We have no margin. Yeah. So um, I'm very, very thankful for my wise husband there. <laughs> so, well, today, our passage of scripture, our beautiful sweet seal moment mm-hmm. when our listeners get to hear real truth, which is God's word, mm-hmm. not just Nicole and Sharon's trying to define the, <laughs> the truth that we understand it. Um, this deals with the very, this very topic. So we're going to take a sweet seal of pause and meditate on these words that Jesus chose to share with that crowd on the mountain that day of the Sermon on the Mount. Nicole, why don't you read Matthew 6, 1 through 6, and then let's skip the next section, which is the Lord's Prayer, because next week we're going to devote to that amazing yes, prayer. Yeah. And then I will read Matthew 6, 16 to 18, that kind of relates. Yeah, so sure. Go for it. All right. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly, to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. And then skipping to Matthew 6, 16-18, And when you fast... Don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. (laughs) I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private. And your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Oh, I just, I'm trying to imagine them walking around disheveled and haggard. I'm starving. I'm fasting, you know. Yes. <laughs> so we oh, don't do that part picture. so much today, but no. we, have other, we have other issues. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so, okay, you and I, Nicole, at the beginning, talk mostly about how we want to make people happy with us. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty apparent from these passages that God is really clear that there is one person we should be interested in making happy, and... That is him. Mm. But this part of Jesus' sermon is all about doing things in such a sweet and hidden way that only God sees. Wow. Only Mm. God sees. So let's look at them one at a time. We are to be careful how we give, how we pray, and how we fast. Nicole, why do you think Jesus is so concerned about these three areas? These three all deal with things that we come out of our life when we're believers. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't really do these things before Christ, but these are the things that we do to live outwardly that make us look different because of our changed hearts. So I think he warns about those because they can be so easily abused and used to puff ourselves up to look like a better Christian by our actions. Yes. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Mm -hmm. Giving is wonderful. If we're giving so people go, whoa, she's generous. Right. Not so much. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And those three areas, you're right. They're Christian areas. Mm. Giving, praying, fasting. Not that non-Christians can't do do all three, actually. (laughs) But but it's something that we're we're known for. Right. So we do have to be very, very careful. So, well, let me reread the commands from Jesus on giving, and let's Mm. dive into that one. 
He says this, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Mm. Let's just stop there. Yeah. There's going to be some reward. That's kind of fascinating, I isn't it? It is. I, well, I'm just pondering that, but I will move back to the lesson. But you will lose the reward. Hmm. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. Oh, my goodness. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Hmm. Well, there are two primary ways that a Christian can look good in the giving arena. The first is the good deed way. Hmm. What are some good deeds people do today? We go on mission trips. Mm Kind of hard to hide that one, though. I know. We do. (laughs) can sneak away. (laughs) (laughs) We donate food for the hungry, volunteer at a crisis pregnancy center. We do Christian podcasts. Oh, also yes. hard to be silent about. <laughs> True. <laughs> what else? What else? Oh, let's see. We can sponsor children and little orphans. Uh, we can support missionaries. Uh, we can do give tithe to our church. Truth. Yeah. yeah. So how in the world do we keep that kind of giving quiet? What does Jesus mean? Mm. If we're giving out food for the hungry, for example, at our church's House for Hope, then everyone that works there kind of knows we're there, right? right? (laughs) Although I suppose it would be really bad if we blew trumpets in the street (laughs) before we gave. That that clearly is wrong. But arrived um, to help. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) How can we honor God in that kind of giving? What do Mm. you think? I think it all comes back to our heart attitudes again. Um, If we're truly giving out of a heart for helping others, then um, we won't be as concerned with who sees or doesn't see. Yes. Um, I know that there have been times when I have served selfishly, and I've been disappointed that a certain person didn't see or whatever, or if they did, I felt good about it. But that was kind of it. I didn't really, you know, that was all I got out of it. But those times of serving um, when I've had a more pure heart, (laughs) I've received (laughs) far more than I gave. And I almost felt selfish for walking, you know, for coming away feeling so completely blessed by going to serve others. I just, it's crazy how that works. Isn't it? Isn't it? There's a proverb that says, um, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Oh, yeah. I love that. And and it's true. You know, you go to talk to an elderly person and you think you might be a little bored listening to their life story and you end up enthralled. Oh, yeah. And you come away thinking, I just got some wisdom there. I'm the one that should be thanking them. Right. That kind of thing. So maybe that's part of the reward. Oh, that's when, true. When yeah. our focus is on that right. and not on, you know, telling people that we went yes. and was uh, nice to an old elderly, person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it also feels more kind of true and pure if it's mm. untainted by spectators going, oh, look at them doing that good thing. Right. You know, we're just doing it. We're right. just doing it. We're just go and do so, it. Yep. I think the second way of giving is easier to be quiet about, monetary giving. Mm. Most of us don't go around telling people how much we give to a certain (laughs) charity or our church annually, and that's a good thing. Yes. (laughs) I don't recommend it. But we could still be tempted to mention that we gave money to help someone pay their rent, you know, something like that. Um, Well, we don't need to. Right. We're, We're looking up and saying, God, did that please you? Right. It did. Thank you, Father. It should be enough. Yes. You know, it yep. should. So the beauty of giving a gift no one sees but God is that it's pure. Mm-hmm. Our motives are so often mixed. We really want to give and help, 
but we also kind of want the credit for it so people <laughs> see how we're trying to be good. Yep. <laughs> when no one sees but God, then it really is for him mm. because no one else has seen it. I remember reading a book that had this beautiful thought in it. She talked about our life being a stage, which many people have talked about, including, I believe, Shakespeare. <laughs> but um, she, she talked first about how, you know, I'm on the stage and God is my director. And I'm like, yes, yes, I should do what he says. I should right. follow his commands. So he's directing me as I'm performing on the stage. And then she said, and God is our audience. And I went, oh. Oh. Yeah. So not only am I being directed by him, his is the applause I want to hear. Mm. The well done, good and faithful servant is right. what I want to hear. And wow. it just really changed things for me, thinking God is my audience. Yeah. And I can remember a couple of times in my life where I have tried to please someone and utterly failed. In fact, mm. they've been angry with me. Sadness, but the truth. And, and it could really get to me if I was a people pleaser, which I am, so it did. But, <laughs> but what turns it around for me when that happens, and I know my heart, I mean, sometimes my heart's a mess, mm -hmm. but I know that I really meant good by this, that mm -hmm. they took the wrong way. I look to heaven, literally, and I say, but God, did I please you? Mm -hmm. And I usually get this warm fuzziness, mm -hmm. and God says, you did, honey, you pleased me. And then I can relax and think, no matter how someone interpreted what I did, right. my God saw me, he's my audience, mm -hmm. and that's what matters. Bam. Oh, I love that. That's so important for us, I think, as people pleasers. Like, that's such a freedom mm -hmm. for <laughs> us firstborns or whatever our personality is that we just feel the need to just make everyone happy, make everything good. Like, I have that same mm -hmm. feeling. So to have mm -hmm. the... It's such a relief and a burden off of me not to feel like I have to do it publicly, that I should yeah. be doing it quietly. Yeah. Then it takes away that need to please anyone yeah, but that's God. True, it does. And he's much easier to please than he people. Is. He is. He yeah. knows all of us. So he knows we only had time to make the banana bread because we listened to our child cry for an hour. Right. And God's like, oh. I understand. And good for you. You made right. the banana bread. Exactly. It's not like, oh, where's my meal? I just got bread. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. little things like that. So oh, I love that. So, so sweet. Well, our next area in which to be quiet about what we're doing <laughs> is prayer. So, mm -hmm. Nicole, could you reread re that section and then let's unpack it? Sure. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will, re will reward you. So, just to get this straight, this is not outlaw prayer meetings. <laughs> there True. were tons of them in the early church, and that's... It's not that we always have to pray secretly. Um, I think this, again, makes us stop to check our hearts. Um, am I focused more on how fancy my words are? How good I sound? Am I using all the right Christian-y phrases or words? <laughs> <laughs> or am I just so honored to be able to speak to my Lord directly and share my heart with Him? Um, as for public praying, I think thanking God for a meal or quiet prayer in the park with a friend who is hurting, um, those are not the prayers of a hypocrite. No. Mm -mm. Um, I don't think that's what God was saying in those verses. Um, God wants us to stand out in the world because of our hope, and that's a great way to show that. Um, but he doesn't want us to use prayer as a means to glorify ourselves. Bingo. I think that's it. Not to glorify ourselves through it. It's to glorify him. Right. And he needs to be 
the the focus. Mm. I used to when I taught um, women to pray for moms in prayer, oh, yeah. mothers that never had prayed out loud in their lives before, and were really nervous that they wouldn't sound Christiany yes. enough, you know, <laughs> yeah. in their prayers. I used to um, remind them of how cute it is when a child first starts to talk. Oh, oh I so love it when one of my grandchildren, you know, Nina, Nina, I love you. Oh, I know. And, and I'm <laughs> so not cute. sitting there going, that's a really immature way to say that. <laughs> you need to, you know, step it up before I pay attention to you. I'm right. like, oh, they said I love you. You know, <laughs> it's just so wonderful. And when we first start praying, we're God's kids. Yeah. He's not correcting our grammar. <laughs> he is a parent thrilled that a child has stumbled and bumbled her way into his presence. Mm, and it so doesn't true. matter how awkward our words are if we you know crash all over ourselves Mm. he sees our hearts anyways and the fact that we are trying to get words out for him that's beautiful yeah it's beautiful (laughs) so stumbling is actually good when we're praying out loud because it makes other people realize that it's not a performance yeah it is not a performance it's just us little us Mm -hmm. talking to the great big god Mm -hmm. who loves us no matter how we fumble our words So there's a couple of examples of prayer meetings I've always loved in Acts. Speaking of prayer meetings not being outlawed by this command. (laughs) Uh, When Paul was being close to being sent to Rome and people were starting to realize that he was going to be arrested in the near future and eventually killed for his faith, Mm. he meets a lot of people on his journey that he's kind of saying goodbye to. Yeah. Acts 20, 36, he's on shore, he's gotten off his boat for, I don't know what reason, I can't remember, but he's off the boat, he's meeting with people, (laughs) and it says, um, when he had finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with them. Hmm. And then a little further on, he's gone ashore again, in Acts 21, 4 through 6, we went ashore, found the local believers, and stayed with them a week. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go on to Jerusalem. Hmm. When we returned to the ship at the end of the week, The entire congregation, including women and children, left the city and came down to the shore with us. There we knelt, prayed, and said our farewells. Mm. Then we went aboard and they returned home. Just, I mean, this kneeling position thing, Nicole, I I love noticing prayer positions. Mm -hmm. You you see people sitting and praying in scripture. You see them with their hands raised. You see them flat on their face before God. (laughs) I've done that a few times when Mm. I have just been so broken. I wanted to get as low as I could go Mm -hmm. (laughs) on my face. Um, But I don't kneel enough, I don't think. Mm, I really don't. You know, and that could be in my private closet prayer, Mm. going back to where nobody sees except God. I I feel like I, I mean, not all the time, but I feel like I should kneel more often. My mom did every day. So when we kids would run into her bedroom, Often, my poor mother got interrupted in her prayers, like daily, there she'd be on her knees. And it was a symbol to us, oh, she has humbled herself. It's a humble position. And she is talking to God. We need to tiptoe away and come back because what she's doing is really, really important. I think it keeps you focused on praying too. And I can get real comfy in my brown chair. Oh, yeah. So I feel like there's times I should be (laughs) kneeling. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. That's um, 
it's funny, Josh and I have been reading a book about um, developing like spiritual habits in your life, and it talks about kneeling three times a day to prayer. And in the morning, you kind of kneel before your bed, it kind of gets you awake, and you give your day to God and say, God, you know, let me do your work today. And then you're supposed to kneel if you're at work, like shut your office door, wow. get on your knees and say, okay, uh-huh. God, if I got off track today, get me back with my heart focused on you. Uh-huh. And then at nighttime, you kneel before bed and say, God, thank you for working you know, in my heart today, and thank you for being with me today. And we loved that. We've only managed to start doing the morning one so far. <laughs> it's hard to work it in, but I, I love that. Like you said, that that posture of kneeling is humbling. It is. And it just kind of yes. like gets you like, okay, I the day is yours, God. So it's definitely a good, we're trying to incorporate that. I like a good. that a lot. Yeah. You know, I think pendulum swing in Christian behavior, and we came out when I was a child of a very legalistic, yes. you know, behavior where, you know, kneeling was sort of forced and being quiet on Sundays and doing nothing but memorize scripture was the deal, you know, that kind of thing. But I almost feel like we've pendulum swung so much that we, we treat God as pal. We've lost some reverence for him. We've lost some reverence. And he is friend. I mean, that, but that's an honor. That's not something we should be like, yeah, we're friends. It's like, what? Yeah. What? It should take us aback every yes. time. <laughs> it should take us aback. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think I need to incorporate some kneeling. Just studying this today. Yeah. Some quiet by myself. Nobody's noticing me kneel kneeling right, because right. the whole theme song here is I'm not doing it for other people. I'm doing it for him. But I feel like that posture mm. will help me remember how big the God is to whom I speak right. and how grateful I ought to be that he stoops to listen to me. So So really, really fascinating. So cool. That was really fun to hear about. Yeah. Really was. So um, all right. Well, the last one is on fasting. (laughs) Let me read it one more time and then let's ponder with the words fresh in our minds. And when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled (laughs) so people will admire them for their fasting. (laughs) I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Mm. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father, who knows what you do in private. And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. It's not the secret thing between you and God. Mm. And I'm kind of laughing a bit here because if either of us shares about fasting experiences, <laughs> it means we're sharing about the fasting that we're not supposed to talk about that much. Right? <laughs> but we'll talk a little that. bit about it because for the purposes of the podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> start with a definition. How would there you define go. fasting? I would define fasting as um, anything we abstain from, um, something that we enjoy or that we need for a time, and instead, um, in that void, we lean into God for strength um, during that lack that we're whatever we're fasting from. Yes, it's typically food, but some people with food allergies can't fast. Uh, And I have a friend who is in that boat, and so she fasts sleep. During really? a fast. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because just like you need food, yeah. that's a good point. It's something yeah. you need, you're temporarily letting go of yep. and having to rely on God's strength, she will fast sleep. Mm, because it had good. to hurt, you know? Right. Sometimes right. I'm like, so you fasted Diet Coke? Really? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's it's supposed to be a sacrifice. You're supposed to notice that. You're supposed to it notice be, it. Right. Because it's exactly. supposed to bring you to God exactly. during that. Right. Yeah. And when your tummy rumbles or when you're yeah. very sleepy or whatever it is, that that's your trigger yes. that I'm fasting for a purpose and it's to pray about something. Mm. Um, there's different types. It can be liquids only fasting, mm-hmm. one meal a day fasting, that sleep fast thing. 
um, but it has a, a purpose. Mm. Um, it has health benefits, you know, which is nice. Yeah. It's not just about, well, I love that because he talks about the reward, how everything, your reward from your father, reward. And fasting, that's been kind of like a catchphrase right now. Like there's all kinds of fasting yeah. for dieting and all that. Yeah, yeah. But in researching that, it has health benefits. If we abstain from food, for all, our body kind of resets and it's able to heal itself Isn't in that a way that we couldn't if we were always yeah, eating. Yeah. So God gives back, even if we feel like, oh, I have to suffer through and fast and it's this horrible thing. He still blesses us in it. Isn't it's that just sweet? so cool. And even, you know, physically we get a little boost from yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's not the reason we do it. But right, right. how cool is it that yeah. the things that God tells us to do are for our good? Yes. Right? Yeah. I'm doing um, Noom right now, a diet yeah. thing. And they're, they're all into this quiet meditating thing oh. and how it's good <laughs> for your body. Yeah. So I, I was supposed to respond. So I responded to my group and I said, I find prayer yeah. first thing in the morning to bless me. Absolutely. But again, studying how the quieting down has physical benefits. Yes. There it is again. Mm-hmm. Our God has wired us so that when we do what he says, mm-hmm. There are health benefits as well. It's just so crazy. I just love that. It's just so sweet. So, but the reasons we fast Mm. are not for those. Those are sort of side benefits. (laughs) Those are bonuses. (laughs) Um, It's to go into a more intense kind of prayer Mm. sometimes. Sometimes it's to get guidance for something. Uh, It could be to cry out for a dangerous situation. I have, Mm. you know, one memory of a time that was a very hard, hard situation. It was the easiest fast I've ever done. Mm. I couldn't eat. Yeah. I couldn't eat. I just prayed. So, um, or it could be a community fast for um, a specific purpose. When Mm -hmm. Ray and I were in Germany, our international church over there was really struggling because there was a huge drawdown of troops and that was the bulk of the tithe money that went Mm. into the church and we were doing so many good things in the community and our numbers were shrinking and we had to make some decisions Mm. so our pastor called for a church-wide week fast wow yes and it was just about a total fast they had doctors standing by oh my goodness all that stuff and uh, it was a fascinating time yeah for us united together Mm. to be praying and fasting every time we would normally eat Mm. we prayed instead and said jesus what should we do should we keep the church open should we sell it now you know how do we how would you have us respond to this was it was very moving it really was yeah i think that you could do it in a community and you're not supposed to broadcast but i think if you're doing it in community all with the same purpose and same heart that i think that's honoring god i think it is i do and there are community fasts in the old testament so i definitely think it's it's okay so So the, the in secret part, you know, do the prayer in secret, do the fasting in secret. And yeah. we've talked about prayer meetings and community. Yes. I think it really comes down to who am I pleasing? Mm. Why am I doing it? And if it's possible for no one to see this, mm. that is best. Yes. You know, in certain situations. So um, I think it's great advice. And I think Jesus gets to the heart of it. He wants us to do it for God's glory and for God's honor, and not ours. Mm. So we need to work on our sweet and special relationship with God that is just God and me. Mm. We really do. When no one else is around, we can't do this stuff just to be the cool kid at church (laughs) or the best ball player on the team. And it is our tendency to do it for just those reasons. And Mm. Jesus knew that weakness in us. And that's Mm. why he's like, shh, go into your closet to do that. Mm. Stop. 
In fact, I believe in this time and age in which we live, we need to establish a walk with God that is so tender and so close that if we are locked in a jail cell for a year or seven, Mm. and all we have is ourselves and God, we will know him so well that we just keep on talking Hmm. and doing life together like we always did. That's my goal. I mean, it kind of scares me that that's my goal because, wow, Mm. maybe I will end up in a jail cell. I mean, it's pretty obvious I'm a Christian. So if there's ever persecution, they'll come for me. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's why church as club doesn't work. We come together as a body to strengthen each other in our individual walk with God so that if we have to walk alone, we can. Mm, Absolutely. It's very, very interesting. You know, Nicole, I've been thinking about this quiet stuff Mm. because I'm a teacher, which Mm. is not a quiet thing. No. We're podcasting. You can't really hide a podcast. No. <laughs> I mean, you could. Defeat the purpose. We could do one just for God. <laughs> right? <laughs> but the purpose is to point people to God and glorify God. Yeah. So, um, you, I mean, other jobs at church you can do more quietly. Like, you can mm. clean up after communion and nobody ever sees it. Or you right. can clean out the bathroom when no one's looking. Things <laughs> like that. But it's interesting to me that the more visible the gifts are that God gives us, the greater the responsibility there is to walk humbly with God and not get all puffed up. Yes. James 3 is a really wince-worthy chapter. It's all about <laughs> the tongue and how hard it is to tame. And the first two verses say this, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Hmm. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also (laughs) control ourselves in every other way. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Man, man, man. So teachers are held to a stricter standard because there's more of the temptation to get Mm. puffed up right? because it can't be done quietly. And God holds us to a higher standard, which has always kind of um, solemned me up. Yes. Like, oh, Lord, don't let me ever (laughs) walk (laughs) from underneath your covering. I need it. I need it. I need it. Mm. And you and I both do in this podcast, too, because our tongues are far from perfect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we need the Holy Spirit to to help us in the more public gifts. Yeah. So that's really good. Any last thoughts, Nicole? Any ways you can think of to teach principles to your kids, these quiet principles? Oh, I know. Um, I think the best way is to to live them. Um, I can talk to them all day long, and they only hear about a fourth of what I say. <laughs> but they see me just like you saw your mama kneeling every day. You saw that. Yes. She didn't tell you, this is what I'm doing. You should do this too and make it legalistic. She showed you with her life. Exactly. And they're always watching what we do. Um, it's amazing what our kiddos catch. Isn't <laughs> it? Like it, or not. it really is. Amen. <laughs> and speaking of amen, it's time to pray. So let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you that you not only direct us, but you are our audience. And Lord, we want to please you, all of us. Help us with that, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today, friends. We love sharing our discussions with you, and we truly hope they help you think and then help you walk with God more closely. Each lesson we walk through, Sharon and I learn so much. It's an honor to share these weekly podcasts with you, our listening friends. We really appreciate reviews, comments, and shares, and follows. So, if you want to bless us, please review, comment, share, and follow. You can find us at sweetsela.org slash podcast. 
We also appreciate donations. It costs money each month to produce these, and although it is our joy to give these freely, if you feel like a lovely secret donation based on our lesson today, hop on over to sweetsela.org slash donations. We would be so grateful, and you will be enabling others to hear this podcast for free. What a gift. In any case, have a great week as you walk in quiet, sweet relationship with Him. Meet us next Tuesday for episode 20. Pray like Jesus, the Lord's Prayer. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.